We usually take a reading from Hebrews 12, verses 18 to 25, speaking of Moses up the mount, speaking of the law, and coming down the mount, the broken law. How man cannot keep the law, and all are under the curse of the law because of the weakness of the flesh. And then, of course, we go to the, the new covenant, the mediator of the new covenant, who is the Lord Jesus. This morning it is be short because, well, really, this is how the Lord has led it this morning. Some, a lot of times the word is long, but this morning I felt was strained. And isn't it strange when you have a f- two or three weeks worth of, a, of stuff that you've studied all week to try and get ahead with, and it kept flowing during the week, that I thought I was going to have a, a good time this morning, and, it, and yet the Lord changes it. So let's just read a, a few verses from Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, beginning to read verse 12, please. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers, notice, of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom, that's in the Lord Jesus, in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray. Father, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, your goodness to us. Thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Glorify your name in the house this morning. And through your word we pray that you would speak to every heart that comes under the sound of this word. And glorify the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now last week we looked at, we finished at this, what, this point where we were looking at riches of the new covenant. Remember the new covenant is really the New Testament. But the words new covenant is found in Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33. Where it says, the Lord says, I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah. And that as the covenant that he had made with their fathers, as in the tables of stone. That's why we're reading Hebrews 12, Moses up the mountain. But he would make a new covenant, that is, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through his death and precious shed blood. And he would write his word, his law, in our inward parts, in our hearts and minds. And here, of course, we have then the word of God living and abiding within everyone who is a believer. Every one of us who have come the saving faith in the Lord Jesus. And we've, we've went through the alphabet so far. A, accepted in the beloved. That's in the riches of the new covenant. Is A, accepted in the beloved. B, born of God. C, crucified with Christ. D, we've done part of this last week. And we'll finish this off. And we'll just do this one. And then we'll f- round up this morning. D, finishing was, we are delivered from the power of darkness. Let me say it again, we are delivered from the power of darkness. Now we sort of done part of this last week where we looked at the word delivered. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says of our Lord Jesus, or our Heavenly Father, through the death of his Son, it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness? Notice what else he has done, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his Dear son. Now last Sunday morning we looked at how we are delivered. Remember the word delivered? Ruomi. When you go 
to deliver someone to someone's door. You're giving it to someone. A postman delivers the mail to your house. He is releasing it from him to you. But the word ruomai means to draw close, to draw near, in order to retrieve, to deliver something. Not that we are giving something. We are the recipients. But God drew near to us. God has drawn close to us in order to draw us to himself. In order that his son would come and die on the cross. The riches of the new covenant are ours and he brings us to him. Look, our salvation from beginning to ending, from eternity past to eternity future and in this very present, all of our salvation, there's not one thing That you have done, nor you will do, nor you can do or could do to merit the grace of God. The grace of God is freely bestowed upon you. It is freely given to you. And there's nothing that you and I can do to merit our salvation. Now, there is a walking before God, we know that. But the grace of God is freely given. And from eternity past to eternity future, right into this present Everything to do with our redemption and our salvation is all of him. Full stop. He is the author and he is the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. Here we are delivered by him. Not that we do anything to be delivered. We are delivered. Remember, Ruome, to draw ones to oneself. God came and died in the person of his son and he drew us through the power of his Holy Spirit at the preaching of his word. In other words, when you heard the word of God, it pricks your ears up, stirs your heart up, causes you to be alive unto those things, and it calls you, draws you. It draws you. And so God came and left the, as it were, the ivory palaces in heaven, came down to earth, and he became man In order that you and I would be drawn. If I be lifted up, he says, I will draw all men unto me. The Lord Jesus distinctly and expressly says that no man can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him. In other words, there's no one in here could come to the Father, could come to the Lord Jesus for salvation unless the Father started drawing you. Unless the Father through his Spirit started calling you. Unless the Father started speaking to you. Quickening you. Regenerating you. Illuminating your heart and mind. And causing you to live under the gospel. See it's all of him. And it's the riches of the new covenant. That at the cross then there was the giving of the Spirit. We'll do that next week in the Lord's will. But here he says that no man can come to me except the Father which sent me to him. And here is one of the greatest, if not the greatest of riches of the covenant. Now listen to this. You, brother, you, sister, have been, you have been, you are delivered from the power of darkness. Now notice that, from the power of darkness. Paul says, who hath, the Lord hath delivered us from the power. Not will deliver us, he hath delivered us. From the power. You're saved. You're being kept. In other words, you're being saved every day in the sense that 
You're being kept every day even though you fail and fall, falter and you don't realize it. His grace abounds over our sin. And while we try and walk with his word in our hearts and minds as we've spoken about, yet it takes his grace to abound. We looked last week at how he had delivered us or he had drawn us to himself in order to rescue, in order to deliver, in order to save. He had delivered us from the wrath to come also. We looked at that last week. God hath delivered us from the wrath to come. And we looked at how the wrath to come was poured out on the sun at the cross of Calvary. For we're told that the sky turned black. The, the, the whole atmosphere changed when the wrath of God was unleashed. When the wrath of God was poured out upon the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why it is of the utmost importance that you and I realize the riches of the new covenant for our salvation. That it has nothing to do with ourselves. For once a man or a woman says, I can be saved or I'll try and be saved or I'll try and do this, that or the other. Or even as we heard this morning, the man saying that the Catholic priest said that he was saved or he was going to heaven as it were uh, because he was uh, confirmed into the Catholic Church. It doesn't matter whether it's the Anglican Church or the Catholic Church. It doesn't matter what church it is. You can't be saved by a denomination or a church. It has to be through the Lord Jesus Christ. And here, the, here the, the, the idea of this is that God had come and taken us to himself rather than pour his wrath upon us. Because in the person of his son, before the foundation of the world, he loved us in him. And we were before him in love. And since we were before him in love and he loved us in him, then he, the father, he looked as it were through eternity and time, saw us in our depravity, saw us in our need, saw us in our sins, saw us in our helplessness, and he came to draw us. And he gave us his son. Draw us to his son. And if it wasn't for the father interfering and getting involved through his Holy Spirit, you and I could never be saved. So here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit speaks to a man and a woman who have not yet come to Christ, then that means that if the Lord, if the Lord is not speaking to you, you can never come to Christ. But if the interest is stirred in your heart and you know the truth is being told to you about the things of God, about the need of salvation, the need of a saviour, and it's only, solely, totally and uniquely in Christ, then it's up to that man and woman to respond to the Spirit of God, for then the Father is drawing you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Here we've been delivered God's love from eternity past. God's love was greater for you than his wrath. Think about that. Think about that, believer, this morning. God's wrath gives the idea, I've told you this before, some people laughed at it, but it gives the idea of a snorting horse. That's what God looks at sin. Pent up anger. And God is angry. Pouring out his wrath on every man and woman. Pouring out his wrath on this godless nation of ours. Pouring out his wrath on those who reject the gospel, on those who don't know the Lord Jesus as their own personal saviour, those who are willfully sinning with impunity, they're doing their own thing and are dead to the things of God, 
God is actually looking at that man and that woman outside of Christ. And he is like this. He's... But in grace, he withholds it. In love, he will overcome it. For he'll bring you to Christ. Think about that. What's the idea? You have been delivered from that pent-up anger and wrath of God against fallen humanity. And he has drawn you from it. He's loved you so much. He's overcame his own wrath. Because he's overcame it by his love for you. And that wrath was poured out upon his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. That pent up anger that should have been yours and should have been mine. And is for all those who die outside of Christ. That pent up anger was poured upon his spotless lamb. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Took my penalty. You know what it means, old believer? It means that you are delivered from the wrath to come. You are delivered from the power of darkness. That means that you are delivered. It means that you will never stand in that wrath. You'll never stand under the power of darkness. You'll never be bound for hell because the Father loved you enough. To overcome his own wrath. To send his son. To pour out his wrath upon the Lord Jesus Christ. In order to love you enough in him. To bring you to him. Isn't that marvelous? Does that not make your heart melt? Does that not cause you to rejoice? Does that not make you feel I am greatly. I am deeply loved. The father loves me. Does it not make you feel that I am blessed? Got we course we sing, I am blessed, I am blessed. Every day of my life, I am blessed. When I wake up in the morning till I lay my head to rest, I am blessed. I am blessed. So here we have, we're delivered from wrath. We are delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. There's many of those. We are delivered from persecutions. Delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Remember, Peter says that the lion roameth, uh, roameth about, the devil as a lion roameth about seeking whom he may devour. You're delivered from him and his jaws and his power. And you're delivered. He says he knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. So he delivers you daily when you're tempted. When you turn to him, he delivers you. He delivers you. So he draws us to himself when we're tempted. Stay close to me, child. Stay close to me and I'll get you through. Come on, you're, you're tempted, you're tried, you're sorrowing, you're sore, you're hurting, you're fretful, you're fearful. He says, stay close to me, child, and I will deliver you. In other words, he is drawing you. That's why the Song of Solomon says, draw me and we will run after thee. Draw me, Lord. Lord, see when I can't see you and I can't feel you and I don't understand you. Draw me, Lord, because I need the drawing power of the Holy Ghost to draw me into the place of worship, to draw me into the place of prayer, to draw me closer to the cross. Like Fanny Crosby wrote, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There a cleansing fountain, free to all the healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. Let me look just as we 
quickly wrap this up this morning. Paul says that the Lord hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Now the word power here, sometimes we read the word power and it is the word dunamis. Dunamis. And dunamis is where you and I get our word dynamite from. In other words, the word of God is the power of God unto salvation or it is the dunamis of God unto salvation. The word of God, in other words, preached under the anointing and the influence of the Holy Spirit, it is the dynamite of God. Dynamite to change lives. Dynamite to break hardness of hearts. Dynamite in your, in your circumstance, in your situation. Speaking life into people and over people. It's dynamite. It's the idea of it. Inherently in that, whenever you speak that word under the anointing, the dynamite goes in. Here the word hath delivered us from the power of darkness. Here the word for power is not the word dunamis for dynamite. It is the word exousia. Now exousia means authority. The right, the privilege, the license. You know someone would say, have you got a license to come into this property? Have you got a right, have you got an authority to do this? Here, the word here for being delivered from the power means that the power of darkness has the authority over those who are outside of Christ. See that man and woman who don't know the Lord Jesus, who are unsaved. And that was you in your life before you were saved, and that was me. I was the same. That man and woman are under the authority of the power of darkness. It has a license to hold you because you're a sinner. And also, it has the privilege over your life. That's why the devil wreaks havoc with you. That's why the devil, when you were unsaved, had you doing this, that, and the other, and ruins your life, kills, steals, and destroys. But Christ says, I'm come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. Here this word, exousia, means that the power of darkness had the authority, the right, the privilege, and a license over every man and woman, over you, brother, and over you, sister, when you were outside of Christ. But now that you're in Christ, listen to what John says, First John, or rather John chapter 1. And verse 12, but as many as received him, that is the Lord Jesus, after the new covenant, notice, but as many as received him to them, who received him, notice, to them, give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name. The idea here is the power is the right, the authority, the privilege, the license. You and I, as children of God, have the right, the authority, the privilege, the license. We are the sons of the living God, the daughters of the living God. See the difference? You're under darkness. I see the word for darkness here. The word for darkness, as I said, it's the same word for when the darkness covered the land and our Lord was under the wrath of his Father. But the word darkness here actually gives the idea, comes from a root word, which gives the idea of a covering or a tent. A tent. When you go camping and you put up your tent. And you go into your tent. In other words, you and I were living as though we were camping. As though we were traveling. As though we were sojourning in a tent of darkness. Wow. 
I got up in the morning and I was in a tent of darkness, covered me. I went to work or I went to wherever I was going, I was in a tent of darkness. And that wrath of God was pent up. It was pent up. And those outside of Christ are walking every day with their tent. And they're putting it up and they're living in it. They're like nomads. Every day of their life they're walking in it. It's like a tent of darkness. And God came. When you couldn't go to him, he came to you. He came and he drew. He delivered me. He drew me to himself in order to be saved. So, the word here for power means license, authority, right, privilege. The Lord Jesus said in Luke 22 and 53 to the, the Pharisees and to the Romans and the Jews and so on. He says, for this is your hour and the power of darkness. He yielded himself. Gave them the license, the right and the privilege of crucifying him. The new covenant. And the reason he done that was because he was innocent, holy, spotless. He was blameless. He was undefiled. He's separate from sinners. He is all of those things, but yet he took your sin. He took mine in order to deliver me. And he says, you have this hour. You have this moment. This is the powers in your hands. Do what you will. And look what the devil does. And see if you put your, see if you take what God has given you. And you don't move on what God has given you. And you don't live in what God has given you. You will put the power into the devil's hands as it were. To oppress you. When he's a defeated foe. When he has no authority. Right power or privilege over you. Resist the devil. Don't even need to fight him. Resist him. And he will flee. Just resist him. Just say no. Let me show you this and we'll wrap this up. The word here for power, as I said, speaks of tyrannical power or good power. It is uh, power in the rule of Satan. It speaks of lawlessness and godlessness over the life of the unsaved. God has taken us and delivered us, as it were, from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. See the word dear son, it means he has translated us, lifted us out and set us in another life. He's taken you to another life. He's given you another life. And notice what it means here. It means the kingdom of his dear son is the kingdom of the son of his love. That's where it reads. You're in the kingdom of the son of his love. His love has overcome his wrath. His love has overcome your sin. His love has overcome all of that by the giving of his son. Turn with me for the last to Revelation chapter 20. And this is where we'll close. We'll move on. Revelation chapter 20. And you know, I'm conscious that people will listen to this online. David puts it on faithfully every week. I'm conscious that people will listen to this who are unsaved. I'm conscious that people will listen to this who are, put it in brackets, good Protestant people. But they're unsaved. Who people think they'll be saved by other ways. Maybe some Catholic people listen to it. Maybe over there... It goes around the world, maybe you'll get someone who's from another faith will listen to it. Well, there's only salvation in Christ and Christ alone. And here is the end of all for all Christ rejectors. Are you ready? And as God has delivered us from the power of darkness, from the wrath to come, notice what Paul or John says here 
Uh, Revelation chapter 20, please. And let your eye run down to verse 11. Listen what he says. And I saw a great white throne, and him sat on it. From whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And I and the sea give up their dead which were in it, and death and hell or the grave give up, delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. Notice, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Let me say that again. This is the second death. Notice verse 15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now the Bible says that, not not me. Now notice this. Go with me to verse 6. This is after the Lord returns We have the resurrection of the dead in Christ. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. We will be changed in a moment, the twinkling of an eye. We will return to root and reign with Christ, what's known as the millennium reign. Satan will be bound and cast into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. Then Satan will be loosed after a thousand years and we're ruling with the Lord. And righteousness is in the earth because of the root of Christ. And we see that Satan loosed again. And those who profess Christ because of what they saw... Because of what was happening in the earth but wasn't in their heart. I trust there's no people profess Christ and they know nothing of him in their heart. Because it is then the devil tempts them, tests them. The devil starts to turn their hearts against Christ. And even though he's ruling from earth. Notice what it says here in verse 6. Here we have the second resurrection are those who have died and were not saved. And those who are died and not saved, and those who were not saved in the millennium, whose hearts were not truly over to given to the Lord, notice what it says in verse 6. Blessed is he that hath part in the first resurrection, on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, here is the apostle, the apostle telling us, the Lord says that you're blessed if you have part in the first resurrection. That is when Christ returns and the resurrection of the dead who have died in Christ, the Christians who have died in Christ, and the Christians who love him, overcoming and waiting, watching for him, will be caught up together with him. He says, if you're in that first resurrection, you're saved. He says, the second death after the millennium reign has no power, no right, no privilege, no authority, and no license over you that you will rule and reign with Christ and live with him forever. But those who have died without Christ, 
Revelation 20 says they're cast into a lake of fire. So brother, sister, here's the thing. The riches of the new covenant, probably if I could say the greatest of riches, was being delivered from darkness. Being delivered from the wrath of God. And translated into the kingdom of his dear son. If you're a Christian this morning, you can rejoice and be glad that you will never stand before God in judgment, that you will never stand at the great white throne and you will never, ever be in the lake of fire or the second death, for it has no right over you and over me. Riches of the new covenant. Lord bless his word. Thank you for your attention. It's been marvelous. That's something to rejoice. But I know that's solemn. But it's not if you're a Christian. It's not if you're a believer in Christ. For you have the power of God. You have the, the, the license of God in you. You have the authority to become the sons of God. In other words, we're growing into the maturity. I've done a series on that. We're growing into the maturity of, of the sons of God. But already, once you're saved, you're Christ. You'll never be in that second resurrection nor the lake of fire. May God bless his, bless his word. Let's receive the tithe this morning and the offerings. And Gary, if we have whatever you're... You're thinking, and we'll, we'll worship, we'll go home. Can I ask you to come out tonight, and we'll see you. We're going to do Christian's Confidence in Christ, part two, tonight. Christian's Confidence in Christ, part two. And looking forward to seeing you. And, uh, I can't remember when I told you, but there's people coming on, and, and I've been on with David during the week, and, you know, he's, as I said, he does all the online stuff. And, you know, we've actually now reached some people in the Philippines, and I got a, another message. I got one from India saying, well, you're coming to a revival meetings in India. Then I got another one saying, we're praying that, you're, that the ministry of your church in Donna Cloney will be extended here in the Philippines because there's probably some listening in the Philippines. And apparently there's a couple of Elam churches now in Wales. Is that Wales? David, follow us as well. So you never know who's listening to you, near and far. So just keep going. And of course, across the United States, there's quite a few and around the other world. So we just give God the glory for what he's doing.